AG1 is a comprehensive and convenient blend of over 70 high quality ingredients. And what that means is each morning when I wake up, before I do anything else, I drink AG1 to set me up for the day. It keeps me clear headed, full of energy and focused on whatever I need to do, like writing the fighting cock, for example. One scoop once a day before breakfast and that's it. I've actually found that I've not been needing coffee in the morning to get me started. I've still been drinking coffee because I love coffee, but it's not because it's like a necessity to do so. AG1 is made out of the highest quality ingredients subject to the strictest manufacturing standards. AG1 is NSF certified for sport and this process involves exhaustive testing and verification that every serving of AG1 is exactly what you see on the label. If you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs for your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock. That's drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock to get started. And to help the podcast. Thank you very much. Have a great day and enjoy the show. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Clock. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Clock. A camel turner. It's episode 69, season 8 of the fighting cup. 69. <laughs> 
Hello. That's, that's embarrassing, isn't it? John Bassett, do you move forward? I know it's like tight in here. Yeah, but no, no. I always feel like my voice is so loud. Yeah. But every time I listen back to it, I think John sounds so far away. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And uh, you're close to my heart after spending a week, uh, not a week, a few felt days. Like, felt like a week, yeah. I, mate, I, I come back from Amsterdam yesterday. Spurs beat Ajax in the semi-finals of the Champions League a week ago today. Was that right? Tuesday? Wednesday. No, Wednesday, Wednesday yeah. sorry. Six days. And six days don't sound a lot, a, a, you know, a long time in for, for a man who's lived 37 years. But honestly, I felt like I'd never lived in England. It went, <laughs> went on for so long. Ah, uh, fuck. I mean, it was an incredible, incredible experience. And, and we're going to relive some of that IX stuff because the only pod we've done since then is the one with me and David Alf- David Alford in what was the worst hotel room I've ever booked. And I'll, I will talk about that as well because I just want people to feel my pain. And not, not just feel my pain, but also realise my stupidity because I'm a fucking idiot. Honestly, worst night of my life. <laughs> and it was completely due to what was surrounding me, not because anything really bad happened. Yeah, and we spent all that time together in Amsterdam, and every day, every morning at breakfast, which was ended up being about like 1pm, yeah. was right, should we probably do a pod today? Yeah. A couple of beers later, and yeah. we're messing around, and we're not doing a pod. So. Well, I, I ate so many mushrooms that I, I, couldn't, <laughs> um, I couldn't do a pod. Yeah. And if I had, it would have been um, it would have been awful. Got flown his Phil. Hello. How you doing, mate? Still recovering from last Wednesday. Oh, no, yeah. no, no, not in the way that you are, but <laughs> yeah, I'd, yeah. How, I mean, go and explain why you're still recovering. What well, is it? Are you not over the emotional roller coaster that was that game? It's just you see the goal, and it feels like you've seen it for the first time. Even a week later, it feels like you know it's the last minute. The ball goes to Llorente, who lays it off for Delhi, who slips it through to Moore, and it still feels like it's brand new. Um, I can't remember what I did when the goal went in. You were social, weren't you? Yeah, I can't remember what I did. I just for the, I watched it again today uh, for the probably I'd say at least the fiftieth time during this week, and there was always throughout the week there's been kind of different variations, different angles on the goal, different commentary, different countries commentating on it. Um, there's just been so much amazing content over this week yeah. that we've got to enjoy. But I just realised something today when I watched it again. Um, Lucas Mora won the ball and p- played a beautiful pass into Delhi for the first goal. The first mm. goal was really, really good. Really good I right? didn't realise that until yeah. days later. But fuck it all. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was. It was it, I, I just saw Delhi Ali um, kind of cut inside. Kind of luckily, it fell directly yeah. into Lucas Mora's path. But before that, for, for Lucas Mora to play that ball into Delhi Ali, it was just something new that I saw this week, uh, this today, and uh, I just absolutely, I just. It's it's still incredible. It's still incredible. It's just fucking hell, man. It, I, I thought I was kind of I, I dealt with it and processed it and realised what it meant. But starting to talk about it with you guys again kind of brings all, all, all last Wednesday back to me. Um, can you where where are you at with that result now? Are you kind of understanding of what happened and you're, and you're ready to get on with the final? Or? No, um, I've not given any <laughs> thought to playing Liverpool. I'm not giving any thought to the formation, who will play, if we'll win, if we'll lose. To be fair, all I thought about is um, what we're going to do when we win. Mm. <laughs> but the result itself doesn't really sunk in. Um, I mean, we've got, I mean, you know, to bring it down a little bit, the Premier League form's been fucking dreadful. Mm. And I've not even given that a moment's thought, it's just thinking, doesn't matter, I'm, yeah. I'm just still buzzing, you yeah. know. And um, you know, there's not many times on Twitter when Spurs fans are one, but. I think the days. I think even up to now, 
It's just an afterglow of just just happiness, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I felt exactly the same. Basically, when that when that goal went in and then the whistle went, my sort of memories of that are just like fading. And at the time, they're just I think I just blacked out because I just remember just when the goal went in, just like standing like kind of in the middle of the room on my own and felt like bodies rushing around me like in slow motion and just shouting to myself like "We've done it! We've done it!" Like a little like little happy kid at Christmas. And then, like, when the whistle went, just this rush of, like, bodies and everyone just bouncing around. Yeah. And uh, I woke up the next day and I felt this, like, little, um, like, rough spot on the edge of my tooth. And I was like, oh, I've chipped my tooth. Like, I can't remember how I've done it. And then I had a flashback whilst on the toilet that whilst trying to jump on UT, I, like, basically bit your watch and I've chipped my tooth. I don't remember this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I didn't remember it at the time until, like, a couple of days later. <laughs> so that now every time I, like, touch that, it just take, takes me back to that moment oh, of pure ecstasy and joy. No, mate, it tasted all right. I think um, the thing was, I mean, to compare that to the city, I think the city mm. one was more pandemonium at the social. This is just disbelief. Everyone is just, like, in a zombified state, mm. just thinking, what the, what the fuck is that? I can't remember who I was talking to after the, in the days that followed the game. And and like I said on the previous podcast, and I'm not sure if I remember this, but I remember saying this. I don't. Sorry, I'm not sure I remember talking about my state after the game. Well, I've seen a picture now. But yeah, <laughs> but I remember uh, you know kind of the fact that I, I was kind of absent when that goal went in. And I think I was thinking, talking to Cave. He's been on, on podcast many times, and he said that he looked across at me, and while everything was going absolutely you know mayhem around us that I just had my arms in the uh, arms in the air and was just staring at the screen motionless I don't remember this yeah I saw Cave on Sunday and he says that is that what he said yeah so I don't remember it at all I I, I kind of just remember feeling like I was that I transcended and I was looking down on myself it's fucking mad and to talk about football in this way is fucking insane <laughs> it really is yeah. but I just couldn't I couldn't process what and, and it wasn't even that. It was a kind of the setup to this game was that, you know, we'd gone through against City, which is a, a side that we didn't have any right beating over two legs. And to go through in the way that we did, you know, last minute again, VAR. And then to to have it happen again, but this time it wasn't down to the referee. It was down to our goal and belief and ability and quality. It was like a affirmation of everything that we know Tottenham to be these days. Without signing players, you know, with having spent most of the season outside of White Hart Lane, with all the challenges we've had, with Harry Kane being injured, Winks not being there, Sosoka having to fill in the way that he has, Wanyama starting in the semi-final of the uh, Champions League, to then get everything we wanted, it was almost too much to understand. Yeah, I'm, I'm still struggling to process it. Yeah. I still, I still am. Um, one of my favourite videos that I've kind of seen since the game was the uh, the one I think a woman I retweeted it on on Twitter but there was a a lady in the stands and it was when um, the players came out after about 45 minutes and came and yeah, greeted yeah, yeah. the fans obviously the fans were kind of left in the stadium as it always <coughs> is in the European away trips but the, the players came over and it was almost like I, I was imagining the discussions they were having in the uh, changing room yeah, yeah. we've got to go out and see them and the, the unity between the two yeah and the coming up in the modern game, it's a very rare thing. But the unity between the, the fans that had been able to get in that stadium and had stayed and were singing and were jubilant to then share that with the actual players and obviously Poch and his, his coaching staff was... I mean, how did you 
build about that. I think that's. I mean, we spoke about it like months ago when Pochettino was linked to to United, and at the time, I think we were kind of all in agreement that he's a kind of different personality to a lot of other managers and a lot of other football personalities and people in football in a modern game, in the sense that he he values certain things really highly. And I've been watching some of the old interviews from when he first joined the club, and some of the things that he was talking about in terms of, you know, in, kind of installing this pride into the club, and you know, really wanting to make the fans proud. And I think the way that he kind of interacts with the players and makes them understand what's important, and having kind of strength of character and loyalty and respect, and all those things kind of like manifested themselves in this like cup run in terms mm. of like the stoicism to not give up, this this kind of like drive forward, and then. That little kind of link between the players coming out and like the fans that were there, I just think that he has really like created something that is special. And I do feel like, unlike some other clubs, where they look at players and they've got one or two that they've got a fondness for, I feel like that whole squad and, and even even man like Trippier, there is a little bit of like love for him, and there is a little bit of love for everyone in that squad in their own ways. And I think that's what he's he's created that, and I think that's what makes us so special. This I think year. if you move, remove social media. And WhatsApp groups, mm. um, uh, and just kind of reduce football down to the people that go to the games, and uh, the players on the pitch. I think the reality for most players is what they experience inside these stadiums. Yeah. And the game that we went to against Bournemouth, Trippy was the first one over to him, and no one was slagging him off. Everybody was applauding him. And while I think we all agree, and everybody listening to this agree that Trippy probably isn't good enough to play for this team, um, the fact that he gives everything that he can, his ability sometimes fouls him but he does give everything he, that he can to Tottenham I think that, that the kind of reaction and, and the relationship he has with the sports is what he sees every day or when, when, when Spurs play and like I say at Bournemouth the two way appreciation was palpable he was the first one over he stood and clapped for you know 90 seconds two minutes while the other players eventually made their way over and there was nothing there was no anti-Trippier sentiment and there's a difference between supporting your players when you go to the game and slagging them off on social media yeah. you know there are you know I've done it everybody's done it and everybody's entitled to their opinion but when you're at the game there's nothing to be gained from you know throwing Trippier under the bus even though he's clearly not good enough for Tottenham I just see it as a bit of pantomime to be honest mm. um, I don't genuinely hate him I, mean, I, I don't like watching him play for my club <laughs> but you know, if I was at the Bournemouth game, I'd have probably been clapping as well. It's hypocritical, but I pay my money to support my team ultimately. And mm. in a situation like the Bournemouth game, where you know there are nine men, they battled to the ninety-fifth minute, whether it lasted until you know they could all count themselves as you know being proud to you know, wear the shirt. Just a quick thing on on the winner, uh, Lucas Moura. Uh, <laughs> it drops a deli and an absolutely pitch perfect ball, and yeah. I've I've. I, I'm a detractor of Dele Alli. I've, I've said it and, uh, and probably will say it again before he leaves the club. But that ball into Trippier was... Um, sorry, fuck. Into Lucas Moura was absolutely perfect. And it was perfectly timed because Trippier ha- had milliseconds to connect with that ball. Because he had the link... Lucas, you mean? <laughs> fuck, fuck, sorry. Uh, Lucas had <clears throat> mi- milliseconds to connect with that ball because the lick was coming on the right side and I think Blint was coming on the other... And they were they were literally inches from the ball. One yeah. touch would have meant that ball wouldn't have gone in. Yeah. It connected, and fuck, <laughs> it was just like I've said it so many times. But the game is about inches, and sometimes it goes for you, sometimes it don't, and sometimes you've got a magician on the ball as he was at, at times 
Deli Ali that negates what other players can do to stop you from scoring. That's the thing. There's no other player in our team. Well, maybe Ericsson. who can do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. At the, at the, you know, in, at the, in the blink of an eye. In the first half, he wasn't very good at all. Mm-hmm. In the third half, he just produced the two assists. So you've got to give him, got to give him a lot of credit for that, really. Yeah, uh, I, I, I thought. Um, yeah, like you said, T. Like Delhi's um, Delhi's input on that game kind of sums him up in general, which he can be very quiet for long periods. But actually, when he you know has to step up and create something, it's usually a goal or an assist, and they're usually quite important. And sometimes that that's it's easy for us all to kind of just go, "What's Delhi Ali really bringing to the table?" But in that game, when it mattered, he provided two great goals. And obviously, we we can't pass this without comment on Pochettino's reaction after the game obviously absolutely buzzing and it's insane because he's managed to get us into the Champions League final where previous seasons we've spent huge amounts of money and not even qualified for the Champions League he's managed to get us there with the same squad that's been there since January 2018 is that right? Yeah about that yeah Uh, and you know there were massive detractors at Tottenham you know you, you looked at Danny Rose's interview about Rude Hullet and talking about the technical ability of some bad players. You know what? I've always a bit of a fuckboy for that. I'm in a minority. Really? Yeah. Oh, I loved it. Go a fucking pair, mate. People criticise you. No. I, what, I, you're going to go on the mic and say, oh, Teeth on the podcast said I should have had a better game? Eat it, mate. Eat it. Well, I would... I mean, if he did come... If he came on and said, I listened to the Fighting podcast and they said this and we shoved it down throats, I would think that, that maybe he should be concentrating on other things. But Rude <laughs> Hullet's like a... Done of the game, isn't it? No, but he's he's there to give his opinion. Anyway, you're making a wider point. This is this is by the way. What was it? I think he's saying Rose after the game talking about all its reaction, just a lot of emotion in his interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and 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 so um, you know, coming back to Pochettino, that he's managed to uh, he's managed to get us where most clubs could even only dream of being without signing anyone. It's, you know, largely part to him and his his team to see that emotion after the game. Do you think that was professional? Is that something you want to see from a manager? Do you like it? That is 100% what I want to see, particularly for like modern football, for all its faults. Um, I think one of the biggest things is the lack of characters and the lack of people that are interested and prepared to you know, actually like kind of pour out their emotion, which is why people like Rose are interesting to us and they do resonate with us, wrongly or rightly, on occasion. But yeah, of course I want to see that. I want to see my players and my manager give a shit. That's like the, the minimum standard for me. And, and that when he was just like giving his post-match interview and he starts like welling up and he's like, I want to thank my family. I was like, I want to thank my family now. I'm just texting him and going, thanks for putting up with all my weird spur shit yeah. over the years. Um, yeah, of course. When, but when you see Pochettino react like that, you know it means because like, it's not something he generally does. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think the issue with characters in the modern game is that it's not worth their while. I mean, mm. you know, I guess Paul Pope was an extreme example but you know, in the 80s, people would have loved him because he's you know, a bit of a playboy and he's a bit of a footballer. Yeah, yeah. But now he's a prick. Yeah, for doing that. Um, in light of the Poch interview, I think it was it was a lovely interview because it just came from the heart. He just said, he just said what he felt. You know, someone who's very controlled of his emotions and all that. But it just meant so much to him. He's been on a journey with this team. He's been on a journey with Danny Rose. Danny Rose signed a contract. Was it Poch he signed a contract under? I might have that wrong. I think he did. A really long one. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like that was just before Poch. Yeah, it might have been. So he joined. So he signed a contract. Gets grief on Twitter. Goes on loan. Sunderland comes back and he's in our team we're like you know what the fuck who the fuck is this guy and Pochettino just builds him up you know and then he has he has all these injuries he has depression he has the Sun interview and he's come back to be a vital cog in our team even though I don't think he's 
It's probably about seventy five percent of the player he used to be. Yeah. yeah. But he's become a vital cog in our team and, a, and that's a testament to the manager. Yeah. Do you think Pochettino before his interview would have said like if you had a button to press, cry or not cry? It would have been not cry, wouldn't it? He's, yeah. Like, he's, yeah. He was he was out of control at that second. But that's what makes it so raw is that he's trying to hold it in, mm. and that's why it's like such a powerful emotion that he can't, which is why it's like so amazing to watch because you know that it means something to him. It's, it's not about him. It's never about him. Yeah. And. He's probably mortified that he cried on you know, mm. national TV or worldwide TV, but... There was there was a yeah. bit uh, as they came out to the fans and um, they were singing, uh, you know, Pochettino's song and he was like saying, no, 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 it's the, it's the players, players yeah. and gesticulating to the players. And then when he came out, he did the kind of bow, the yeah, kind of Ginola yeah, yeah. bow to the fans and then he did it to his coaching staff. It just smacks of someone who isn't, like you say, T, it's not about him. It's about what's been created by everybody and there's so many cogs in this machine it can never be about the individual and it's just massively self-aware you know mm. and I don't think he'd have done that for any pretentious reasons yeah yeah I thought like in the previous round as well <clears throat> so like one of my sort of favourite clips like watching it back against City was like once it was all done like the celebrations immediately were him with like Jesus Perez and the rest of that coach yeah. and they're all together in that bundle and they're just like they're just going mad mm. and you can tell like he really does see it as a team thing like yeah he's essentially the leader and he's he's supposed to drive us and give us that kind of um, way forward but he does see it as that this is his coaching stuff and these are his players you know talking of things he didn't really notice Vaughan wasn't in the matchday squad uh, at all is he fit I don't think so, was he in the match? And he's there on a pylon yeah. when we scored. <laughs> no, I didn't realise. When we scored? Yeah. yeah. When he ran on the pitch? Yes. Yeah. I didn't notice that either. Exactly. Yeah. So hang on a minute. So we scored in the last minute and Vaughan ran. I, I saw Dyer celebrating with the manager I and think, he went on the pitch. I think, Vaughan Vaughan Arma, I think when Arma Sanchez and Kane got on the pitch, I, they must have. No. I saw a couple of long jackets on the pitch along with... Because Hugo, Hugo Lewis. <laughs> I saw Hugo release at the last minute just running. Because <laughs> there's, there's a video where he runs back to his goal after, after running after, up after, the after the red tape. Someone, someone spliced it, so yeah. he's running straight back to the corner. <laughs> but Michelle Warm had no idea that he wasn't even in the in the squad. He just I didn't know. I didn't know that he ran on the pitch. I I, I, I didn't see that. I'm not sure 100 percent if that is right. I'm not no, sure I if Warm ran on the pitch when well, we scored. I think there was a pile in the right. corner. We? Yeah, let's double down. Right. Let's just say he was let's, definitely there. He was definitely there. I saw yeah. when we scored our third goal. Uh, Sanchez and Kane were not in the dugout, but up. Probably just behind. Yeah, uh, yeah, up looking, and then both of them was getting up, and Kane was just like fist pumping. Yeah. And what was beautiful actually was Kane. It was almost like he was thanking his these fellow players he's putting his head into their chest yeah, going yeah. Oh, thank you and like actually uh, if anything it just shows what a great kind of squad we've got Yeah, it might be limited it definitely is limited and there are holes in that squad but for our players to come together to give us this moment it's f- unbelievable I think that's part of where the disbelief comes from is the fact that no one expected it because we've had huge injury issues and the, and the best number nine in the world hasn't been with us. But also, like the, the media all season, have, and they do it all the time, they, they basically perpetrate myths about football, which is that if you don't spend big money, you can't qualify in the top four. Well, we didn't spend any money for two windows, and we've qualified for the top four. If you don't buy X, Y, and Z type of player, then you're not going to get through in the Champions League. And now, now we've done that. And it's like, I think sometimes it's easy to get caught up in, in kind of media narratives about stuff. And sometimes if you look at like great teams or teams that have won against the odds, it is just that team ethic and that kind of ability to just grind out results when needed. And also, we're like, we have got really good players in our squad. We've got players that are capable of, of creating something and changing games. So it's that combination of like you know having an amazing manager who's built something and good players, you know? Lucas Moore, a hat-trick in the 
in that game. Uh, hat trick against remind me Huddersfield. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Two goals against Man United away. Yeah. Uh, he scored against Barcelona. Yep. Yeah. He also scored uh, another PSV at home. No, no, <laughs> Kane got two there. Anyway, it's good against Fulham, but that doesn't really matter. My point yeah. is, is uh, you know, for a player who a lot of people doubt, but I think most people agree that there are there is definitely ability there. Yes. To for him to deliver in the way that he has this season, to step up when Kane hasn't been there, when Son hasn't been there, or, or when Son perhaps is not performing to the best of his ability as he wasn't against Ajax, for him to step up the way he has is fucking incredible and and I think genuinely more than his ability to hit the back of the net because sometimes even you know the game against Bournemouth he had multiple opportunities to bury that game and didn't but his ability to get the ball in dangerous situations and carry it despite there's there's times when it looks like he's lost the ball and it takes another touch and suddenly he's in space like for someone so small to show such strength and to understand his his own um, balance and and, and the kind of to to circumnavigate the, the will of the other the defender that's trying to stop him, it's rare that you see that. No, no, of course. I mean, I mean, I said famously on here that the experiment is over with Lucas Moura, but mm-hmm. it's definitely a place for him in our squad. Um, there's a dilemma for the final, but we'll, we'll probably do a Champions League final pod and talk about it properly. Yeah, we will. But, um, but he's just he's just one of these players that pops up with important goals. Um, it was all about Hume and Son after the City game. He's mm-hmm. not had a good game since, and Lucas doing what he did was amazing. But... I don't listen to other football podcasts. I normally used to binge them all, but this is I'm really bothered. But I fucking ate them all up after the Ajax <laughs> yeah, game. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> what was the one you sent over? Oh, I can't remember. Uh, certainly Football Show. That yeah, was yeah, yeah. fucking great. That was amazing. I listened to the first 20 minutes of that. I was like, yes! And I think um, <laughs> Lucas then had three shots of his left foot in the entire Champions League. <laughs> and they all went in. Wow, in the that final. entire game? <laughs> Great start. Unbelievable. It's a um, great start. Uh, Dan Strickland won on Twitter. He says, what's your opinion of the Lea 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 chant? This, so I, this is, I despise it. But I wasn't in Amsterdam, so I can't really... Right, so this is the... Uh, this is the Is it... Was it? Did Liverpool create it? Because I swear they I've seem to, uh, Probably from the near continent, but I think Liverpool are the team who I know of who sing it in, most. In England. Yeah. I mean, obviously, there's a City version as well. That's, they're in a bit of trouble for, but yeah. Yeah, so this is the City <clears throat> players on the... Um, it looked like it was it's dubbed. Tough. It, it, it looked it was like it was dubbed. It did it, but... look like it was dubbed, but maybe not. Um, yeah, so City players were singing Liverpool song bits about them being beaten up on in Kiev. Yeah, beaten up yes. in Kiev and all that kind of stuff. Um, the Tottenham one. The Tottenham one. Like uh, I get it. I get like nicking people's chants, but her entire fucking <clears throat> anthem is is based on a chant from Southampton. So it's hard to be too kind of principled about nicking other people's chants. I get though that there's issues around the LALALA chant. It's not really British football culture. But when I looked at the lyrics I thought it was fucking hilarious. It was a, it was a city thought they'd won it. City thought they uh, it was um uh yeah, I see when you are in the middle Laurenti and attack yeah. you know, and that shows yeah. what a ridiculous sort of yeah <laughs> kind of Situation we found ourselves in when we beat City with Wanyama and Lorente. Yeah. Uh, the the, the Sterling scored a goal. The Etihad went mad. I think it was the ref looked at the screen and it was disallowed. Yeah, yeah. It was. I, I like the fact that it tells a story. <clears throat> as does the Liverpool one. As does the Man City one. Um, when you're there and you hear it, you get involved. You really. Well, would. that's yeah. it. I mean, you know, you got the Delhi Ali chant, which was from which Ozil would say not song about Ozil. 
mm. in the first place. West Ham as well. Yeah, they were talking about Payet. So, I don't know. This one just seems to have really got my goat. I don't like it at all. But it brings memories. It brings up memories of something nice. I like the um, Earth, Wind and Fire September. Fuck. And I've forgotten the words to it. Well, how's it go? What's the tune? The end is this. The Soko's going all the way. We're going to Madrid. 20,000 years. The Soko's going all the way. Yeah, now that, I'm interested. Speaking of Soko, we put a tweet out earlier because I, for one, wasn't happy with the fact that... I mean, wasn't happy is the wrong word. I was a little bit dismayed the fact that Sissoko didn't get the Player of the Year award. And while I fully understand that Son has been incredible for us, we put a tweet out, and I think it might be somewhat influenced by the podcast because people who follow us on Twitter have probably listened to the podcast. Um, but we asked, who, who was our Player of the Year? Uh, Vertonghen got 5%, Son got 26%, and Sissoko got 68%. 68% was also the exact amount that Sissoko got for the Spurs show pod. They did a similar poll oh, as well. Okay. So that's two different polls. I don't know what Spurs show say, say about Sissoko, but I think that's fairly uh, conclusive there. Yeah. yeah um, well, it isn't because all the members and the season ticket holders choose it. So that's, more, that's yeah. way more conclusive. They may, they may have voted after the City game. Yeah, maybe. But, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I found, and then I found out I was a bit... I wasn't devastated. I just thought, I thought Sissoko deserved it, you know, and obviously Windy will eventually be on this pod. We'll, Was it about ingrained racism, do you think? Yeah, well, you know, Windy's kind of... Not about Windy. <laughs> <laughs> it's about Windy. No, um, no um, I don't know. I think that the fact that people feel it's probably a bit patronising to Sissoko to give him that award because, um, you know, there's so much he does wrong, mm. you know, like the great Thelonious Monk. He plays the wrong notes, but... It's the right melody. Yeah. yeah. That's Sissoko's football, you know. Plays the right... It plays the wrong notes, but it's the right melody. Yeah. Love that. And, that, and that's Sissoko, like modern art. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. the Thelonious Monk of midfield, man. That's that's, yeah. that's Sissoko. And, and you know what? In the days after, they've been... Spurs have been tweeting a lot about Sissoko. They say, mm. I know, you know, tweet us your views on Sissoko. Mm. And even in the lap of honour around the pitch, you know, there's a few pictures of him. Yeah. You know. No, I mean, he's well loved. Well, I mean, new contracts should be due. I, I think, think it's probably yeah. better that he didn't win. So you've got more to gain. It's a, bit, it's a bit like X Factor, you know. The person who wins always, always, you know, so goes, he's, he's goes like left. The, he's like the Gareth. No, no, the uh, Will. What the fuck's that? He's in there. Will Young. Forget it. But Will Young it, won it. Yeah. Gareth Gates didn't win. Gareth Gates, I mean. Yeah. They're both shit, aren't they? Um, <laughs> I like Will Young. Did you see the thing in the? I think it was the Telegraph. <laughs> Telegraph. Oh, Telegraph. Telegraph. Incredible. So season um, of you. Yeah. Often <laughs> the we get contacted with this stuff. Yes. We're like oh, too big for that, isn't it? Oh, fuck yeah. about with the Telegraph. Um. Uh, they spoke to an Arsenal fan I don't know his name but it's probably any of those pricks really anyway their best moment of the season this is what what this independent Arsenal fan thinks nothing beats Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang's mask reveal at the Emirates the Black Panther mask was something I never expected to witness in my life although perhaps it is a worry that my greatest moment isn't actually football related your biggest worry is you're a fucking idiot do you know what? That that's perfect though, isn't it? That is a perfect encapsulation of what it's like to support Arsenal. Social media team, isn't it? Man? Yeah. Because for <clears throat> everyone else, and I, and I don't like to speak on behalf of other people, but everyone else in the football world is laughing at you, mate. Mm. Everyone else is going, What an absolute embarrassment. That is so cringe. So for him to put that as his greatest moment, it's perfect. That's they, great. They beat us this season. Yeah. Yeah. How are you yeah. ranking that against that? 
And I, I, I think we should sort of, you know, um, I've been following a little bit about this this, this story about uh, what's his name? Fucking, uh, it's like this. Uh, he's like a makeup artist on YouTube. He looks like a girl. Uh, yeah, I saw it today. But it's uh, like Bertman something or something like that. Weird name. So James Arthur. Oh, not in there. James, James Charles. James Charles. Yeah, yeah. I so don't know what I don't know what he's done. So I don't know what he's done at all. But they, they've turned on him and he's losing loads of subscribers. And what happens when people do something bad on YouTube is they get cancelled by all their little weird meek fans. This is a bit NHB gone. Yeah, yeah. it is. But we're, and we're going to do a No Holds Bar podcast after this. So if you want to hear more shit like this. Then um, get your money up. Yeah, get your money up. Get your it? cash out. Son. Yeah, patreon.com forward slash the fighting cock also gets you free into a certain social that's coming up. Is there a game coming up? Is it? There is a big game coming right. up. Right. Season's not even over. It's it ain't even over. What the fuck? Anyway, this fucking this game. I, I, I don't know what I'm going. Is this weird? All I'm saying is we should cancel Arsenal as our rivals. Like, let's not. They're not fucking not even worth our time anymore. Yeah. I thought about that. I think... Let's pile into someone else. Yeah. I think. Um, on John's pod on Notorious P.O.D., um, Tony D was talking about, you know, when you play, like, reggae music, you know, dancehall. Yeah. You know, within five minutes, there's a ruck. And he loved ruck that en- in that fight. Fight, yeah. yeah. And he loved the energy. When it's hip-hop, you play a bit of onyx. People are smashing about. Yeah. And before we played um, Ajax, there was a certain male- malevolence on the street because mm. people are fighting. Mm. There's that feeling. I don't get that when I play Arsenal. Mm. You know, I'm not yeah. being... You know, I mean, it adds adds attention. It's not about it. Ain't about being a um, being a hooligan or yeah. It's not condoning violence. It's just that that football is a kind of visceral, tribal, tribal, um, instinctual business. Yeah. And when another team brings it like like Ajax did, uh, it it does add an extra weight to the game. And I uh, and Arsenal fans are just not fucking do. They're not cutting it anymore. No. You know what? Embarrassing. This I've been asked about Arsenal. I wanted to kind of bring up Um, this morning. Well, on Patreon, someone posted a link. I think his bloke's name is Sam called um, Presenting a Champions League Final Without Champions. Mm. And they went in this long diatribe about how Liverpool and Tottenham aren't champions and not won a league in 29 and 60-odd years, right. whatever the fuck it is. So is this who you were the Champions League or with us? Well, the issue is, it's but, kind of a bit of a side swipe at Liverpool and Spurs being in the final, that neither are champions. And this has been really bitter, saying, you know... Um, but, but, yeah. And they're taking a lot of L's today, man. Mm. Yeah, I know. And, and look, I swear when... Um, when Arsenal last got to the final, they weren't champions. No. So what? No. I, oh, what the hell I'm just saying. Yeah, sh- just shut up. Just shut your mouth. Shut the fuck up. Uh, all right, that's it for half time. Uh, fuck. Did I ask? Did I speak to him? No, probably. I didn't speak to him, so it probably isn't going to come right now. But if you hear Windy, thanks. Oh, no, this is Windy. If you don't, then um, it's just us talking about Evan. Yeah. Windy, about to drop the fucking knowledge, blood. Hi, this is Windy, back with the weekly youth update. Uh, young players, low knees, all that jazz. Um, I've just had a 7% beer and suddenly you remembered that I have to record this, so I'm going to keep it very brief for fear of slurring. Um, I'm going to speak specifically about two things. Firstly, we've signed a young Scandinavian goalkeeper for our first year intake next season. This is slightly surprising for two reasons. The first, we have two talented young uh, goalkeepers already joining the academy, so I don't know how we're going to spread the minutes out across all these players. And secondly, because he's been given, from what the news reports say, a two-year scholarship and one-year pro guaranteed. Now, 
if this is what's required to uh, get the best young players in, then I guess that's fine. But I can imagine it could cause a bit of discontent amongst those players who do have to prove themselves across their scholarship and don't just have a sort of guaranteed uh, pro contract at the end of it. So it's a bit of an odd one, that one. Uh, the second thing to say is from the looks of the pro contracts being handed out to the second years, we are probably going to be having a bit of a cull of the development squad this summer. So expect to see some fairly uh, well-known youth players leave. Jack Roll, certainly, he's got no shortage of offers from from clubs in League One to the Premier League. And also the likes of Jaffet Tanganga, who I, I really liked at one point. I think he was destined for um, for big things, and I feel like we failed him a little um, I still think he could have a good future in the game, but I suspect he will be moving on this summer, amongst others. I will be back next week with probably a bit of a roundup on some of the low knees and how they performed this season. But for now, if you're interested in more young players, follow me on Twitter at WindyCoys. That's Coys for Come On Your Spurs. Second half of the fight, you got Postcards. We played a game as Everton. It almost kind of powered into insignificance. Yeah, didn't it, in a way? Um, me and John watched it in in, in uh, Amsterdam in the, what's it called Coco's. It's like an outback bar or Australian bar. Yeah, it was and, the most uh, uh, like sensory it, like it's an overload, wasn't it? Oh, mate. Yeah, so we we had uh, at the same time obviously Liverpool and Man City were playing. So uh, they didn't show this first game in the first instance. No. But we found this absolutely legend of a bartender who did everything he could to find uh, a stream for Spurs, and he did in the end, and we was able to watch it. But it was hard to concentrate on Tottenham while, obviously, the league title was being decided. And the fact that Liverpool fans, there was, there was tons of them in this bar, were being crushed, despite having all the hope in the world, by a, a, an early Brighton goal. Yeah. But it was a beautiful thing, wasn't it? It was great. And also, because it was like one of these typical bars where like basically every wall and every surface has got a screen on, and every single one of them's got a different game on. But where we were sitting and propped up, there was a load of Liverpool fans that had got there early and we're in two rows of settees, like, directly facing us. Mm. And uh, obviously, when they went sort of essentially ahead in this head-to-head, yeah. they were going absolutely mental. And then Brighton scored. <laughs> and then Brighton scored, and they went absolutely mental again. And then um, I could see, like, Flav, like, getting red and getting, like, annoyed at their presence being there and the thought of them potentially, like, lifting this trophy. Yeah. And then when the natural order of things went back... We started celebrating right in front of these yeah. little fans. It was a great thing. <laughs> it was so great. I loved it. It was. It was, 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 was There's a video of a Spurs fan wearing a Spurs shirt in an Amsterdam bar. Oh my god! Yeah, video is amazing. Oh, one thing actually was in this. Uh, yeah, is it like a Spurs fan who, when we scored the winner? He was kind of like celebrating, but also kind of like shoving everyone out of the way. Yeah. Anyway, we we was in um, we was in this bar called I think it's called Heffer's Sports Bar, which is right just off the central strip of uh, Amsterdam. And Spurs had just taken it over. Like there was no room; it was all Tottenham. And a couple of Ajax fans, about twenty minutes before the game, tried to walk into the into the bar, and basically they lasted like a minute before just turning around and walking out. Because while I didn't necessarily agree with it, I like you know we're in Amsterdam; it's their their place. Um, Spurs took over this bar and also owned it. It was like that. It was like no one was coming in, yeah. and these lads in Ajax. Um, shirts came in and they were given a fair bit of grief like actual grief uh, and then they turned around I had a word with one of them outside town you know what I mean this, um, it's a big game for us and he was like yeah I know but I didn't expect to be punched it was that, it was oh, that really? level yeah yeah it was oh, bad it was that's really not bad. nice no it was, it was a little bit in 
a little bit embarrassing, but mm. uh, especially because a, a, a mate of mine, Kel, who's uh, an Ajax fan and, and was kind of, a, you know, followed Spurs, has been to Tottenham and White Hart Lane about 10 times in his life. Um, some uh, of his mates who he thought was his mates after the game really dug him out on WhatsApp and he's like, when we spoke to him, do you remember Kel? He was like really badly affected by it because I don't think that perhaps he understood the culture in England of it doesn't matter if it's your best mate if their team loses you get them yeah. um, whereas that's that's essentially what happened to him on what's happened obviously he was crushed uh, there was people that he considered friends were absolutely gunning him and uh, it kind of the sentiment of Ajax and Tottenham being a kind of a kindred spirit, spirit kind of gone and I'm not sure if it was even there yeah. yeah, it was it was weird because obviously I came over to to meet up with Flav out in Amsterdam like a couple of days after the game, and I, I thought that maybe like the dust would have settled and people would obviously be like gutted about it, but there'd be a little bit more kind of looking back on it and kind of discussing cool. their run. But honestly, that entire city has been broken by Tottenham Hotspur. Like, yeah, they are in bits over there. Like every single person you speak to, they just they they just can't talk about it. Yeah. They can't open up about it, and, and that in itself is quite glorious. They're going to be in our group, aren't they? You could see oh, it yeah. happening. They're going to be in our group. They're going to be more fights than Tottenham. Oh yeah, and and like it's kind of like I I didn't want to play Ajax in this game. I I mean obviously in terms of Tottenham progressing, I didn't want to. I like Ajax. I like mm. you know there there is a connection between the two clubs. We have taken a lot of their players. You know, we had Martin Yo, and you could even go down to El Hamadoui, who uh, who came came from Ajax as well. You know, there's massive links between them, and a lot of Ajax fans have a lot of time for Tottenham. You know, we created that podcast um, maybe a couple of months ago, and we spoke to Ajax about this friendship in inverted commas, and uh, that result did everything it could to uh, to destroy anything that was potentially there in the first instance. And our point of kind of going out to Amsterdam, as we've mentioned a couple of times in the pod, was to, to create a documentary about something that was intangible in football, a relationship between two football clubs that necessi- shouldn't necessarily have existed. And I found that really interesting. And so, obviously, me, John, my missus and her mate were coming out to kind of help produce this. And as soon as that goal went in against Lucas Moore, I knew it was done. And uh, Charlie, who's our cameraman and filmmaker, had like tons of gear and he'd already booked it and and planned to come over so he did but we kind of met each other on the Friday we're not knowing what the fuck we were going to produce uh, and as it turns out we've actually started to produce a very very lovely film around that evening and what and what it meant and, and what it was like to live through and it's going to be a great thing but I still have a huge amount of time for Amsterdam uh, Ajax rather and uh, if they had beaten us I would want them to win the, the, the final I think that goes without saying really yeah uh, what I will say though is we did beat Ajax and we are free to the final and we are doing a fighting cock social. Boom. We've left it this long because there's only 250 tickets available to buy. Oh, okay, shit. so that's very limited. You know, that uh, Man City game had 400, Ajax had 400 as well, but it was too busy and people were coming in through the doors and it was hard to control. So um, 250 are available. If you're listening to this now and you got this far in the podcast, then then go to our uh, our Twitter it, or or, or uh, enter the URL thefightingcock.co.uk forward slash social and you'll be able to pick up a ticket for £5 obviously Spurs are doing their thing at White Hart Lane um, which is um, you know, a massive attraction so I'm, perhaps not that many people will come to this but I think there's a difference between watching it in a closed environment and, and, and a, a place that pe- previously people have watched Spurs do glorious things and doing that together 
at the social that's different to perhaps what will go on in the stadium. And and when they announced it, I was like, I'm not, sh- I'm not 100% sure I'd want to watch it in the stadium on a big screen. I'm kind of relieved they did. Really? Yeah. Why? Give people a chance to watch it. Yeah, I mean, get an opportunity. Yeah, I yeah. think um, watching Spurs winning the Champions League in Tottenham is, is nice and it's appealing. I considered it, um, even though I knew you started to have a social because... Um, if you do, when it's probably going to be the first place I'm going to go after the game, mm. just to be on a high road. Have even if no... Yeah, have you thought about what you'd do if we win? Would it be a bit heading to Tottenham? Yeah. I'll probably go to Tottenham or maybe somewhere in central London, I don't know, but I'm not going home. It would, uh, <laughs> That's for sure, yeah. I mean, we, have, we haven't... The last time we won a trophy uh, was... So actually, I didn't... Because like, it was at Wembley when we beat uh, Chelsea in, yes. in the League Cup. But the, the time before that, in 99, I was in the Tottenham High Road. And the celebrations for a League Cup were insane on that Tottenham High Road. Yeah. And what they would be like if we if we managed to get past Liverpool. I mean, what I would say, you know, people listening, is that maybe an alternative to watching it in the stadium is maybe find a pub, pitch up early and watch it there. Might mm. be just as much fun because um, I'm not sure if you can watch, I'm not sure if you can drink in view of the game. I don't yeah. know what the rules are on that. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. so there's that. But then, you know, there's people who, I mean, people in the Patreon, Telegram group and in WhatsApp groups, so want to watch it with their dads because sometimes their dads yeah. say, "Look, you know, I don't want to go to a pub. Yeah, yeah. It's too crowded." Yeah. And you share that moment with you know people you hold dear. Is something that's important to a lot of Mate, people. Like whatever you want to do, just go and watch. Like this is, this is one of the biggest, certainly since we've been alive, the biggest game in our in our history. Yeah. Um. So so watch it wherever you want to want to watch it. But the amount of people that were tweeting us and so many emails saying, "Are you doing the social? Why are you doing the social?" We just had to do it. And it offers a different experience, and like, do whatever you want. But if you if you want to watch it where where we watch it, um, then you can get your tickets and, and and do if you've got any inclination of what it might be like to have insane uh, celebrations. Like T can, uh, and John, can you explain what it was like at final whistle when we had, or even the goal? Oh, when the final whistle went, I had to go outside. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> it, was that, it was that intense. I had to go outside and outside is definitely quiet mm. but you can see the limbs everywhere inside yeah. is that the film Kingsman yeah. you know, at the end they're in that church and it's I don't know about it's I've in the church I've seen, I've seen Kingsman <laughs> have you seen Kingsman no, yeah, yeah. Oh, I have seen it yeah, yeah. yeah so at the end they go to that church yeah. and they put the remote on so everyone's gone a bit mental and right. they're going to kill him is it like that it's like that <laughs> it was like that at the pub it's just absolutely mental and you're just hugging people you're hugging randoms and the game is over and, you know, I'm just having to go out and just hold people, hug people. It's like... It's, it's, and you don't like that either, do you think? Well, I've, I've grown to like it. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've become a hugger now, but it's, oh, like, it's like being an MDMA. It's just, nice. You just want to hold Amazing. people. You need, you're holding people like, almost like a lighthouse. Yeah. And we're not, we're not pushing this over the stadium, obviously. No. You know, go to the stadium, watch it with fellow Spurs fans at, at, at home. But if you, if you don't want to and, and you fancy watching it in a pub that's only Spurs fan only, you can... Uh, the doors open from 2pm on the game so 6 oh. hours of drinking before <laughs> oh, that is danger that is danger but yeah, uh, yeah like like I say £5 gets you in and uh, we're going to have a wicked time 250 is the minimum we can sell depends how many people that are, are in Patreon a like 30% group who get in for free decide to take up tickets a lot of them are going to Madrid a lot of them might be going to the stadium so we may release tickets afterwards but if you want to come then, then come down and watch it uh, Everton um, we did beat them no, uh, sorry, sorry, we did draw. It looked like we didn't get beat at times. We played very well in the first half. Yes. Uh, Ericsson scored a direct free kick for the first time in ages. Yeah, peach. good one too. Absolutely peach, yeah. wasn't it? Um, but what I'm more interested in is talking about the Everton fans' reaction to 
uh, are, are getting through to the qualifying. Yeah, just I mean, and Nelson Masaha on Twitter he says thoughts on Evertonian's celebrations for their neighbour's misfortune. Would you be of similar support if it was Everton versus Arsenal in uh, Champions League final? Yes. Well, if it was at Goodison Park, <laughs> yeah, then, then yeah, I mean they're singing, you know. Um, or we're having a party when Tottenham win. Tottenham the win the cup. Yeah. It was lovely, and when Liverpool, I think when Man City were piling in the gold, they were going mental. Is it coming <laughs> up on the screen? In parts, yeah, but they've all got phones, it doesn't yeah, yeah. No, so, one, no so, one really waits on the screen, do they? Were the Everton fans celebrating and then you realised that Man City had scored? Yeah. All right. Yeah, but the people next to me, because it, it, the game was so pedestrian, yeah. no one was really paying much attention, and there'd be someone listening to say, oh, they've scored again, oh, they scored again, mm. kind of thing, so it was just a bit of a bit of a pre-season atmosphere to it. Yeah, I think there's a, there's a lot of um, parallels with Everton and us, Yeah, and the fact that they absolutely hate their sort of nearest and dearest rival in the same ways that we hate the scum of course I would cheer for them yeah. it'd be exactly, it would be exactly the same and um, yeah I just think it's almost like you were talking before about this little like kind of brother relationship with Ajax yeah. there's a little bit of that with Everton I think they're yeah. like kind of uh, yeah up north version of us in yeah, a lot yeah. of ways kind of living under a, a club that's been more successful in recent times um, so as a part of our preview show for the the final um, I'm speaking to uh, an Everton fan. His name's Baz. He's a mate of mine, and I, I spoke to him a bit on the phone today to find out what what this was about. And we're going to include it in the in the, in the next podcast. But he was basically saying, "Look, the all, all that shit about it being the friendly derby, all that's done and dusted. It's not long, like that anymore. We fucking hate them. They drive it drive, drive it down our throats all the time, and we are praying that Tottenham win the Champions League." It was uh, it's great and like let's just listen to him talk. He's like, yeah, he there's fucking a, gets it. There's an Avengers meme, and I think I've not seen the film, so I'm probably going to get this wrong. But at the top is Tottenham. The middle guy's got a Tottenham badge in his head, mm. and he's got Man United, Everton, and I forget the other clubs. Mm. Liverpool have got Chelsea, Arsenal. Mm. Who all want them to win? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. What? Uh, so yeah, talking about that Chelsea and Arsenal game. Obviously, first time in in history that four English clubs have taking up the places in both European competitions. Yes. The ideal situation is obviously we, we win the Champions League. Yes. And Chelsea beat Arsenal. 100%. Yeah. And um, because Chelsea, Arsenal qualifying for the Champions League through that route perhaps gives them extra leeway in the, champ, uh, in the transfer market. Right now, I, I still want to sing um, watching Tottenham on a Tuesday night. Yeah, yeah. You play Thursday because you're fucking shot. Yeah. Even though I don't like that so much. I don't like it a great deal. I uh, I feel like you're kind of setting yourself up for negative singing it, but right now it's ours. Yeah. Um, there was a guy at the Bournemouth game, an old geezer, and everyone was singing it, and obviously went down to nine men, and then he was going, so fucking singing a song! They're going to be playing on fucking uh, Wednesday night next week, and we're going to play on the Thursday. It's your fucking fault. <laughs> that is the wrong attitude. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely wrong attitude. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Life's too short to worry about those things, man. I mean, yeah. there's a someone did a Photoshop of Harry Kane lifting a Champions League trophy. Someone said to oh. me, "Don't jinx it." I'm like, nah, man. I don't care about no jinx, man. Nah. <laughs> and and honestly, there is no such fucking thing. Then the, there's no chance that there is some sort of karma matrix. And because T posts a picture of uh, Harry Kane lifting the Champions League trophy, that it affects what happens on that football pitch. If you believe that, then. 
you've got some serious issues about your insecurity of how you see the world. Exactly. In a lot of ways. Because if you think about it, right? So say, say me and you, uh, I don't know, let's say it's darts, yeah? And we've got a bet on the opposite person. If I'm like doing any of my superstitions to make sure my one wins and you're doing the one to your do wins, we're, one of us is always going to lose, yeah. which means the whole thing is nonsense. What I would say about that is my brother, uh, Joe, um, he turned up to the game uh, against Ajax. We, we travelled over and very early on he went, Got my lucky shirt on. Oh no! And I went, oh yeah. And you went, yeah. I wore this. I wore this shirt against uh, City. And while obviously he understands that this is no no bearing, it makes him feel better. Yeah, well, that's that's, and what that's it is. Really it's security blanket. Yeah. Um. So a while back we were doing soldiers lost in battle. So this was an idea that uh that, that, that someone misses out of a, a really important game of football because their missus wants them to go to IKEA or uh, there's a funeral. Yeah. So something prevents them from from witnessing this game. So this is back in April, wasn't it? Yeah, April the second. April the second. What's the guy's name? Dancing the storms. Dancing the storms. Well, his Twitter handle now is Dan Greasby. Okay. And he says, lads, I've got a problem. Uh, we know how the Champions League will go. We'll cruise past City, <laughs> then we'll smash Juve at home and away in the semis. See, <laughs> it was Ajax. <laughs> yeah, it was Ajax. Beautiful. Into the final we go. 1st of June 2019, Tottenham Hotspur Football Club will be playing in the Champions League final in Madrid. I'm a season ticket holder, so would love to think that I have enough points to get a ticket. A couple of days away in Madrid at the start of the summer, too good to turn down, right? Well, this is where my problem is. I've already booked my first holiday with the girlfriend in Croatia. Our flights, in, uh, our flights are in the morning of the 2nd of June, day after the final. No flights direct to Madrid. Can't get back to England in time for our flight. Do I sack off the holiday and go to the Champions League final or do I pass up the opportunity to witness one of Tottenham's greatest ever nights and proceed, to, uh, proceed with the holiday plans? Side note, my ex made me miss the North London derby in 2016, the one where Kane scored the screamer because it was her birthday. We broke up eight minutes later. Eight months later. Eight minutes later would have been amazing. <laughs> what, what, what advice would we have given back then? It was like, cancel the holiday. Yeah, it been off, mate. Absolutely off. been yeah, off. Been off. So he... Uh, so we contacted him. Yeah, um, I've got to give props to Bardi because Bardi reminded us because I'd have completely forgotten. So, right. like, what about that bloke? Is it the soldiers lost in battle? Yeah. So I, so, so I shot him a DM, and this is what he had to say. Mm. Easily had enough points to get a ticket in the first phase, but the holiday goes ahead as planned. Oh, oh, Gutted to say I won't be in Madrid. Amsterdam was my last away trip of the season. Although it makes me feel a bit better that I wouldn't have been able to afford to go to the final anyway. Instead, me and the girlfriend are off to watch the final at White Hart Lane. She is she is paying for the trip. I think she feels bad about me not going to Madrid. Well, he seems he seems Sorry. comfortable. So, so yeah. she, they're not going on holiday either. They are. Yeah, they fly the next Dolly, morning. Dolly oh, right. They fly next. I see. They fly the next morning. Now, in her mind, she's thinking, "We well, get to watch the game, and then we go on holiday. Perfect." In his mind, he's thinking, "I could actually be there, yeah. and then get smashed up for a week in Madrid with all my pals." Mm. And not go to Croatia and sit on the beach. Why aren't you going? What, going out there? Yeah, why aren't you going to Madrid? Uh, a couple of reasons. Mm-hmm. One, I don't think I'll be able to get a ticket because of where I am in terms of loyalty points. So the, the sort of idea of going out there is amazing. But I feel like all my uh, closest friends who I've like grown up watching Spurs with and you mugs who I've got to, to know doing this over the last few months, I want to watch it all together in the same place that I've seen us beat Dortmund away with a lovely Kane goal mm. somehow managed to get past City thanks to some lovely VAR work <coughs> and then one of the most mental scenes in my entire existence superstitious John over so it so now exactly <laughs> so now what I'm saying is 
superstition <laughs> is the reason I'm not going I spoke to Tony D actually and I said are you coming down to the social he hasn't been to one since since Chelsea Chelsea yeah and I said you come in he went nope I'm staying at home uh, because every single one I've come to I've lost and to be fair to Tony uh, we've lost majority of them so probably only him <laughs> because there's loads of people in that room that keep turning up uh, but he's, he's staying at home he wants to watch it at home that night Lucas Moore missed a penalty against Chelsea in the shootout and he was um, persona non grata and now he's an idol. That. What game was that? Semi-final League Cup. Oh yeah. Did we did a shootout. We did. Yeah. That was my first one at the EV Bowl. Fuck, I don't even remember. Um, my reasons for not going to Madrid are similar to John's. I haven't got enough loyalty points. I'm not paying over the odds, mm. so I'll just watch it in London with people close to me. My my reason for not going is because I spent six days in. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean Amsterdam. I don't have enough money. <laughs> my uh, my brothers have found a way. They're flying to Lisbon. And they get on the sleeper train for 600 kilometres to Madrid. And even that's working out by 800 quid. They're also willing to pay mega money for a ticket. Yeah, um, just, uh, if, if I do all that and we don't win, I'm going to be very upset. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, while I'm not a proponent for uh, selling tickets over face value, if anyone has one that wants to make money, my brothers, they're willing to pay. I don't know if you're in a bad If you're in a bad situation and you need money, then they're fucking willing to pay. Is all you, I'm you did a tweet about the three grand. Yeah, so and yeah. there was a bit of a mixed reaction because no, it was a mixed reaction after the game. Mixed so, well, so originally it was like cunts, cunts to a man, cunts to yeah. a man. So, so just in case you don't know, I was in this bar and um, weird little bar in Amsterdam. There's loads of them, and uh, this geezer just slapped, slapped down three grand on the bar, and in return he got two tickets for the game at Ajax. And when I first put it out, like my, I was just like shocked. Mm. I was like. Like, firstly, I mean, fuck, could I turn down three grand for a ticket? It'd be hard. As much as I'm principled about selling over face value, it'd be really difficult because that is serious money. Yeah. And make, like, make things a lot easier. Uh, and, and by the same token, like, would I ever be in a position where I'd be willing to pay three grand? Probably not. But I witnessed it, and, uh, and I just tweeted because it was something amazing that I saw, that I'd seen without any kind of opinion either way. Most people come back and say, like, arseholes, arseholes, like scumbags, you never sell over face value, which I'm leaning towards, to be honest. And then after the game, it was like, people were still picking up the tweet going, fucking bargain. Exactly. It's still not a bargain. Three grand's <laughs> <laughs> insane money, money. Yeah. Um, and it does prevent the people that should be in there getting a ticket, but those people who should be in there have got a ticket and are willing to sell for that insane amount of money. Like, three grand's a lot. I think every, I think everything's got a price. Yeah. I mean, well, in principle, I have to sell above face value, but three, what, fifteen hundred quid a ticket? I mean, my that's not to make anyone think about it. Yeah. Of course, you have to think about it. Yeah, my question with that is like, I don't know about you boys, but I've got like a daily limit on my card. So he's like, he's had to premeditate that and gone. All right, I wonder what the sort of up, upper limit is. And like for three days in a row, he's like taking out his maximum. Well, also, to make sure he's got cash. You can, take, you can walk to a bank and get the money. Yeah, exactly, but he's had to go to a branch. I mean, that's a lot of effort, isn't it? it, it yeah, certainly in in I, I mean, Amsterdam. There's how many Santander's you, you that's see? What I'm saying. That? That's what I'm saying. So has he done it before he's gone out there? A lot of mm. prep. Or maybe he sold a key. <laughs> yeah, maybe just maybe, like maybe, yeah. flush with cash. You can't go across the border without with more than kind of like a couple I think of grand. It's ten, isn't it? Oh, it's ten grand. Okay, well, that'd be fine. Yeah. Uh, questions. Um, Rorick on, on Reddit, he says, the general consensus from Woolwich fans is that they would lose the Europa League if it somehow meant that Tottenham would win the Champions League. Didn't I, win. Uh, didn't win, sorry. 
Uh, I think this is insane, so I'm wondering if the reverse was true. Would Spurs fans lose Europa League if it meant Arsenal win the Champions League? That's a tough one. Man. Yeah. Because a trophy is a trophy. But them winning the Champions League would make me feel sick. The thing is... Oh, sorry. I keep going at you guys, but the reaction of their fans to us reaching the final. How yeah. was it? How was oh, it? <laughs> I keep seeing things. It's like, kills me. There's a, there's, there's a drill MC called Russ. It made a song called Gunlean, great song. Yeah. But he did like a three, he went on Snapchat, just really went in on Arsenal, said, oh, Arsenal are taking this L, blah, 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 I can't believe they're going to win the Champions League. And then poet, disgraced poet as he is now, mm. says, oh, Arsenal got to take this L. And then I just, there's loads of them just begging on Twitter, Spurs can't win, Spurs can't win. <laughs> oh, it's been beautiful, man. Um, yeah. I, did, I do, you know, do you know what's, what's fucking weird? I didn't think about them at all, not mm. once. Not once. In the last six days, have I thought about Arsenal? Uh, apart from there was a moment. Um, actually, there was no moment, but I was just thinking about the Arsenal score against Burnley when we were playing Everton. But I haven't thought about them all. Yeah, like, I like, like my, I, I have. I, no, fair play, <laughs> fair play, and I, I, like, I applaud you for it, T. But my adulation and and great, that incredible feeling was created by Tottenham, and I didn't at that moment feel like I, I didn't text anyone I didn't think I literally didn't think about Arsenal I didn't, weird I didn't text their fans but to be fair, a couple of their fans have been a bit chippy on WhatsApp during the game and then when the girl went in I just said hello mm. <laughs> that's all I said and I went on Facebook and said hello that's all I said on there but the following night was their game in the Europa League so I thought about that mm. and then it was clear that Valencia were crap so yeah. that went the way it was a Burnley game obviously but I just love them at it burns them yeah, it's a great thing. I, I think, to, to answer this question, if I'm really being honest, I was thinking about it and I put ourselves in our shoes a few years back when they were in the Champions League final, when they, they lost to Barcelona. If we were in the Europa League in that same season, I would definitely like want us to win that Europa League. I would, mm. I would have. And what I would say is that where we were then, in terms of like the size of the club and, and what our aspirations were... Um, it would have helped where, us. Yeah, exactly. And where we are now, I think that just sh- that shows you the scale of where the two clubs are going in yeah. terms of trajectory. So D- definitely, and and I think that the kind of the question isn't it can't be it's not evenly poised because mm. Arsenal obviously have won a lot of stuff. They've won the FA Cup, and none of that's good enough for them. They're definitely winning the Europa League. Ain't going to be good enough for them. But Spurs winning the Champions League before them means that we've achieved something that they 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 never could, despite their dominance, despite how good they've been previously. If we win the Champions League, there's nothing they can ever say to us. Like we finally, uh, we, like you know, you know, there's this kind of like nebulous idea about who is is North London red or white. Like who's better? There's no way of really kind of quantifying that other than league position, which changes every year. Mm. But winning the Champions League is like a crowning glory. So if we did it, it doesn't matter what they do. It's like yeah. we, we've won the Champions League. You ain't. And that's the first time Arsenal fans have ever been in that position. The first time Spurs fans yeah. have been in that position for, for many, many years. So I can understand why they don't really don't want us to win because if they do, we shut them up forever. There's nothing they can ever say to us ever again. And, and stuff that we've been talking about for years about us being a better football club, a more wholesome football club, despite the fact that Arsenal have been better on the pitch, they'll never beat us. Now we're a more wholesome football club, a, a proper fan base. We're not a joke to the rest of the league. We're not the bastards of football and we're better than them on the pitch the evidence is that we've won the Champions League. What? There's nothing left for them. Do you know? Um, do you remember that movie, Jingle All the Way, Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, <laughs> where he's like, he's got, he's got to try and get the toy. There's one toy that his kid wants. To yeah, get yeah. And there's this one scene where they're like in this massive department store, and there's one left, and it's on the top of this plinth, and everyone in this like room is trying to get to him, but it's him and this other guy. They've yeah. like been getting it for the whole time. 
the toy is the Champions League yes. and the right and the bragging rights to say we're the first team to have won it between the two of us. I'm hoping that we're big Arnold Schwarzenegger and we're going to bowl in and crush man in the bicep mm. and take that prize and rub it in every other fucker's face for the rest of eternity. You know what? I've put in very, very, very early dibs for Arsenal away next season. I've got to go to the WhatsApp group and said, look, start this message. I want a ticket for Arsenal away. Why is that, T? I'm going to sing. What are you going to sing? fucking sing like fucking Ray Charles. What are you going to sing? Champions of Europe. <laughs> You'll, You'll never, never sing, sing that. that. Oh, shit. You know what? People might take that bit of audio if we lose. Yeah. Play, I, don't, I don't care. Yeah. There's no fucking scum is getting this far into the pod. Like, they do <laughs> fair play. Yeah. We deserve it. They're probably not a spurs, so I'd probably be rubbing it in their faces. Yeah. Like Champions of Europe. You'll never see. imagine. Imagine, oh, mate. That, that's to be honest. That's like the actual physical trophy, and our players being happy about winning. That's all great. Yeah, that's and a it, moment. It, yeah, that's a moment, and we'll all remember it, and it'll be those clips, and we'll yeah. all like fondly remember those. But the, at, what it means is the most important thing, and that that bragging right forever, like the first to do it. That is so incredible, and that's the thing that I'm like. I'm, I'm trying not to think about it because it's just getting me gassed. Oh, yeah, I, I, I kind of regret what I've said now. <laughs> Don't should, I should have said things out loud. No, no it's all good. I'm going to double down it. I'm not going to delete tweets anymore. I'm going to delete what I've yes, said. Yes, see. Go oh, early. Mate, Always go early. It. Because ultimately, the pain of going early is, is temporary. Yeah. The glory, if you, if you get it right, lives forever. Yeah. Wish it, wants it, do it, mate. Yeah. Brian, go. Absolutely. We've got one more question. That's powerful. One more question. Colf Mole. Colf Mole. Colf Mole. But someone else should read this shit. You're applying for your dream job. Great company, great pay perks, etc. If you get the job, Spurs lose the Champions League final 8-0. Or you don't get the job because a humiliating video of you hits oh, social that. media seen by all your family and friends. But Spurs win 8-0. What do you choose? Can you give uh, some parameters of what a uh, such a humiliating video might look like? Well, I just think of um, the stuff I see on the Telegram group. What about what about if it's like you being licked out by your dog? Well, I was going to say, Jim, the first ever pod I was on, I um, told you if I ever had a porn like thing about me, like a uh, like a shoot about me, mm. that it'd be Big John's Little John. So I because I'm so like poorly endowed. So I just think like why do you keep saying that? You said that a couple of times. How poorly endowed? I, are th- you? I think it's not so much that. It's like, it's def- like are you defen- it, is it a defense mechanism? No, nah, I think it's just because the size difference is so ridiculous that right. it just looks obscene. Like if I guess my penis is probably like average to below average. So on an average size man, it probably looked fine. Yeah, but it's just so ridiculous in si- in comparison to size. So I guess that it is a defense mechanism. So <laughs> so that uh, that wouldn't be that humiliating. So I. Right. Need something like you know most people being naked is like the worst thing, isn't it? Mm. For me, it'd be something. I think what it just made me cr- do like. What if you if you was crushing an egg with your erect penis and that came out and you? you... I could live with that. That's a quite. Yeah, that's, I'd be happy with that. Or right, imagine something that really upset you. Would you take it for uh, an eight? Would you rather your own humiliation and Spurs win the eight eight nil or uh, whatever it was the other thing? I you think get, get a nice job. I think I'd take the eight nil, man. I think Spurs win eight nil because if we win eight nil. I mean, I'm not terribly fond of Liverpool, so there's that, oh, and then there's and then there's winning the Champions League, and then there's what comes after winning the Champions League. All of it. Yeah, yeah I wouldn't absolutely. care. I'd probably I'd be doing like PAs in like area in Watford and yeah. shitty clubs like that. Though. Yeah, yeah, like 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 specials in yeah. in, in Dagenham. Yeah, but, you know, right. <laughs> this is the guy that crushed Neg with his dick. Yeah. This is me. And, and and then you go, no, actually, this is the guy that watched Tottenham win eight 0 in the Champions League final against Liverpool. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah, there's nothing that any other fan could do to me if I had that. That would be yeah. like a force field against all of the uh, yeah, the, the terrible other stuff. Indeed. 
Yeah. <coughs> All right, that's it. The Fighting Cop Podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. I've really enjoyed going this because this was about um, taking some time, uh, a week, to look back at what was the greatest, one of the greatest results in our history of our football club. And I think we done well. Yeah. Captain didn't sell it, Lloyd. Yeah. And and that that glorious moment where it's Sissoko long ball. It's headed on. It's dropped to Lorente. Lorente, Deli Alley, Lucas. Oh, they've done it. Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to Geico.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to Geico.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Network.